Welcome back to DC Cinematic Minute, the daily podcast where we analyze Zack Snyder's Justice League by each individual minute. My name is Nathan. You can find me on all social media at NoClutchNate. And my name is Mark. You can find me on all social media at Mark Meadows. And today we're talking about minute number 57 of Zack Snyder's Justice League. And the minute's going to start out with uh, Volko swimming away and Aquaman looking all sad and bummed out after that conversation. I mean, really, Mm -hmm. mood killer. Uh, The minute's going to end with Steppenwolf uh, having a little communique with uh, some, some scary metal guy. (laughs) <laughs> some scary metal some scary guy melty metal guy you know yeah uh so where do you want to start with this one nate hang on you got any and the some he's an obsidian of offender the offensive is obsidian alien i don't know i'm trying to think the of... obsidian offender that's like a superhero name well that's like what desad's kind of doing right now because this yeah. is some sort of you know weird communication slab uh, anyway, we'll we'll get to it. So where do I want to start out? We're gonna start back where we uh, where we started or left off, whatever the proper terminology is. Uh, underwater. Okay. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, I. I <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. Make it sound so regal, Nate. I'm like, okay. How do I how do I jump into this? Uh, my only note that I really wanted to talk about. So I don't know if you want if you had a note here. So I'm not trying to steal your thunder here. Is what I'm trying to say. Okay. Um, <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Roll the tape back. Don't do that. Um, is his hair the hair physics? Oh yeah, for that sure. was that was my note. That is what I wanted to talk about with Aquaman. I know he seems bum. I know they got to have like this dramatic turnaround as he stares at King Atlan, but I'm staring at the hair. And we didn't we we do get underwater hair physics in this movie, uh, even in the the other version that we saw back in 2017. But when we saw it in Aquaman, it was like seeing it for the first time. It was like, wow, the hair physics in this water stuff, to me, looks really cool. I don't know if you feel the same way. I think it was particular when, uh, yeah, there was, there's, hang on, pump the brakes. When we're talking about the hair underwater, there's a big difference in everybody's hair that's underwater and Dolph Lundgren's hair when he's underwater. Yeah. There's a, there's night and day and his is like they put all the money into Dolph baby was like we got to make this guy look awesome. Uh-huh. Like no holding back. He's got to be the coolest mofo in this damn movie. He's got to be like the shiniest guy as what it is really. Yeah. Um so yeah, great hair physics. I mean, we were amazed at the hair in Aquaman, but it really was when Dolph Lundgren showed up. We're like, oh, okay. Jeez, <laughs> they really went there. Look at this yeah. thing. Yeah. He does look like like the stereotypical... Like, a lot of everyone in that movie seems like James Wan was, like, doing, like, oh, I'm doing stereotypical, like, nautical characters. And King Nereus is like, no, this is King Neptune. Yeah. This is the the red hair, the green armor... The trident, like strong, like king, you know, it was a, it was like such a character. And they probably sold it to him in that kind of sense. He was like, okay, get it. You're like Neptune. He's probably like, done, got it, baby. Yeah, make me a king. And his hair, there's something about his hair in that movie that yeah. just is the most memorable part. And like we talked about it before, like 
you get so distracted in the Aquaman movie because you're just staring at water physics and how everything is working, and you're like, okay, I'm just studying this. Uh, it's a two and a half hour movie. I'm just going to keep staring at all of these little mm-hmm. things. Um, this is one minute. And so I just keep staring at his hair every time I see it. And the more I start to think about it, the more I always start to think like, how do they do it? How does the how special do effects do they do it? Is it, there's no way they're animating, you know, a strand of hair. They did it a- for that zoo movie. What zoo movie? Oh, Zootopia. No, we bought a zoo. I, that's what I thought you were gonna say, and I was like, "Please don't say." Uh, yeah, Zootopia. They did a they did a bunch of hair follicle animation on that movie, or something. I don't know. Just push, push the limits. Hey, that's what I'm saying. They got the homework of being like, "How can you make the most realistic hair?" They were like, "Gotcha." Give me eight months. It has to be like they. You know how like you create a wig and you're just like. No, I don't the, know how. Okay. Yeah, I get I it. I get what you mean. Where it's okay. like you got to be particular about every single strand and and do the yeah, whole. Yeah, they're like going through and and, yeah. and pouring each strand of hair into the scalp and creating a, a wig and they do it for actual prop effects. But now they just do it digitally, right? They take a, pl- a plain piece of texture and it's all bit mapped and they just go, all right, we're just gonna start making yeah animal fur. And then they just create like a good square of it, I guess. And then they're just like, all right, now take this sample and duplicate it, throw it it on the entire fox. And now the entire, the whole fox has a fur coat that has detailed hair that animates when, when moved by physics. Um, I'm guessing that's what they do for Aquaman and, you know, everyone in these underwater scenes, they, they must be like, all right, we're just going to put Aquaman or, Jason Momoa have him wear a, a green cap or something, and because I know in in Dawn of Justice that is him in a swimming pool. That is that is Jason Momoa with his hair in actual water with a big old IMAX camera, and all he has to do is swim straight into the camera. So that's not CGI. That's why that one just looks normal, um, and and as you know, it's as realistic as it can be because there's really no special effects until he uh, swims away. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you told me that they CGI'd out the air bubbles because he can breathe underwater. Um, you remember? Do I remember? Don't, I remember something about them, be, them ha- him having like air bubbles either in the nose, in the yeah. nose, and it being like, oh well, that's. Or maybe there was a shot of it being in uh, air bubbles on his nose, and it being like, oh, that's that's how we can tell it's real water because there's obviously. Oh, air. maybe, maybe that, maybe yeah, that so, was it. Um, I do remember like though. That. I do remember the air bubbles on the nose though, particularly. I just can't exactly. Remember. Yeah. Um, so with this, I'm always like, how do they do it? How do they? How do they animate hair underwater? Yeah. And I, I, maybe it? I was gonna say maybe they just already take photography of it while he's underwater and just map it to to what that is and lay it on top of it or something. I don't know. Whatever. Yeah, they have <laughs> to be. And it, 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 it's it's I, incredible. I, yeah. It can't just be a, a one project thing. I'm pretty sure, like every film that's ever tried it, they're just like, "Oh, here, take take the work we've done and add to it." And that's you know, with the Pixar movies as well, and the Disney animated studios movies as well. It's like, hey, we started out with Toy Story. Some of those animated characters had fur or fuzzy clothing, and so those fabrics move from one film to the next, and those assets get reused and 
and re- repurposed and, and, and recycled. And it has to be the same thing for here where it's like, take this, you know, wig asset, you know, this moving hair physics animation and just build on top of it until yeah. it's been getting better and better. And now that Aquaman is out, I'm sure James Cameron is, is looking at, you know, what those studios did for that and maybe even for Zack Snyder's Justice League and using it for Avatar 2 because Avatar 2, the sequel, is supposed to take place mostly in water. Which you don't is think a, he was like, oh, we got the thing from the abyss, just reuse that? Uh, it's still there, isn't it? Or a water world, know. whatever it is. Like, yeah. <laughs> They're just going to use the water world stunt stunt show. Yeah. Um, That'd be pretty funny. Um, I got to ask you something. Can you roll back to the beginning or uh, where your where your cursor is right there? Yeah, hang on. Give it a minute right here. And this is a question I have for you because uh, you know more about Game of Thrones than I do. Um, now let it play for a little bit. Little bit. As, he, as he turns around, um, we get a good close-up shot of... Uh, Jason Momoa's Aquaman, Arthur Curry's face right here. Right there, pause it. Uh-huh. Do you see Aquaman or do you see more Cal Drogo? I see Cal Drogo. I see it. And is that because it's just, maybe, it, uh, maybe it's the hair tied back and the fullness of the beard that I'm seeing that makes it look a lot like him? I don't know that much Game of Thrones. Um, so, like, I kind of... Uh, don't put that at like top credit for Jason Momoa. Obviously I run through it, but it's like, yeah, no, he's Aquaman. So uh, that kind of, that whole show kind of just like fell by the wayside. Um, Is there, does this right here, does this, does this photograph right here take you out of anything or do you still, are you still like, I'm sold. That's Aquaman 100%. Are you like, "Ah, it's too much Cal Drogo. The fact that you're saying that Mm -hmm. is starting to make me question and it seems like he looks more like Cal Drogo than he does Aquaman. I'm actually going to pull up a, a, a comparison here. Now looks, I know that this the, his facial expression in this shot right here looks like it's almost an identical photograph from one that they did use in Game of Thrones. So I'm like, dang, this is like I've seen this on Google Images. You know, when you when you type in Cal Drogo. Yeah, and it it really does look like that because I I feel like his beard is shorter in aquaman or at least his his sides are shorter so that his beard is a little bit more pointy in aquaman you know what i mean like just yeah. as far as like uh facial landscaping yeah but i mean manscaping, has, doesn't he have like term? A, isn't his beard braided in, in it is braided and there's actually uh there is a reference to cal drogo in the aquaman movie um when he loses, or he doesn't lose, but he gets beat up really badly by Black Manta in the village. Um, and then when uh, Mera takes that ship and then they're on the ship and he wakes up and he's all bandaged up, his wrists are are wrapped up and his hair is tied back. And so he looks like Cal Drogo and it's supposed to be a reference to his Cal Drogo character that he used to play. Um so I know that is is a reference, but w- yeah, when you say it, like, you know, this scene right here, that does—it's it's the hair, it's the hair, it's pulled the back. hair. It really is. It's the hair. It's the hair back. pulled back. Yeah, it does look like it. And then you know, of course, he's got his shoulders tattooed, and in Game of Thrones, Khal Drogo had his shoulders tattooed as well. So it does really look like that. Um, no, yeah, and also 
the dark circles under the eyes because of the lighting. Couldn't tell if it was the, the eyeliner as well that was calling to it, but uh, I didn't want to sound... Um, yeah, it's all good. Hypercritical. Hey, no, I. You might be right. Actually, it could be the eyeliner. They're acting. They gotta have the eyeliner. I'm not Chris saying I'm Pratt against eyeliner. Some. I've worn eyeliner. No, I don't before. either. I just think you know when it's noticeable, it's noticeable. Yeah. Chris Pratt's got some noticeable eyeliner. Dude, he does, Somebody, doesn't he? So, somebody's gotta talk to him about. Like you his know, his eyelashes blending. are not that thick. No, they gotta do some serious blending. It's not. It's it's it stands out way too much. It's like he just figured out how to do makeup. But anyways. <laughs> and I mean, it'd be, it'd be, he's in the jungle running away from the raptors. It'd be, it'd be running all down his face. I mean, come on. <laughs> no, he doesn't smear. You got the no uh, smear. Okay, yeah. Yeah. He said, look, I, I work with raptors. I can't have my eyeliner smearing. Or is whatever. That <laughs> is was, that what more, that was like? No, that was too Southern of what Chris Pratt's character is in Jurassic World. Uh, it's passable, though. He's a hint of Southern. And then it what does comes he sound out, like in uh, Tomorrow War? I can't even say that title. I don't know. He sounds like Tom- Chris Pratt, I think, in Tomorrow War, maybe. Yeah. Anyways, you want to talk about some parademons, Nate? Yeah, let's talk about some parademons and some, uh, some, some real... This is all alien stuff. Yeah. We get one of the best lines in the movie here. Yeah, this is one of those things where I can hear it if I see it uh, as just like a GIF image or something. Um, it really is just a good tambor a good jeffrey tambor of a good of, watt tambor yeah there's two you could do two names with that one <laughs> yeah um, most importantly watt tambor yeah um just real good tone coming from uh steppenwolf here oh our, yeah our our sad boy our castaway our, our outcast our man good old steppenwolf yeah this this is what i'm talking about when like when you listen to the other version, Steppenwolf, it's like they did nothing to uh, Karen Hines' voice. It's like here there is some actual um, audio engineering for his voice to actually make him sound like he's a 10-foot tall alien wearing a suit of armor. You know, like it sounds really nice. I remember this being, I mean, I'm sure people still say it on the internet, but like everyone was quoting this part here because it, it just sounds so cool, this um decide i call to the this is that shakespeare stuff that again we keep talking about in every minute because this is the stuff that we love to hear and love to see and i don't think it's pretentious i don't think it's you know too much i think this is this is the good stuff this pick up a book yo if you're getting annoyed by that jeez (laughs) watch a movie there's a good uh what's his keanu reeves shakespeare movie yeah it's not that good it's good it's really good i I think this scene right here with all the parademons and with and with Steppenwolf and, and then you got Desaad coming in through this piece of uranium or what have it, like this is awesome. Have we had the, the discussion of the, the communication stone before uh, without seeing it? Did we see the communication stone before? We did. Yeah, we were here we uh, in uh, Pajornov. We yeah. were talking about how he's created the tower to be able to communicate and the radiation is enough for him to kind of siphon the radiation into this and, and basically use it as like a big old, uh, uh, what do you call it, like a wire telephone where like, you know, he can communicate with the boys over at Apocalypse 
And in my weird, like, kind of headcanon, this is like making an evil guy version of the Liquid Geo. Like, the Kryptonians had Liquid Geo, and they could make these things, and it was all pretty and a time before, a time above, and having this Liquid Geo uh, make these images. And then here's, like, the villains going... Yeah, we just took this radiated piece of rock and we're doing the same thing and it's crude and it's messy and it's dark and it's but it works. evil and it it's, it serves us. So when mm. you see Desaad pop out of this, it's like, oh, Desaad's a bad guy. He doesn't have lava coming off of him, but metaphorically he does because he's an evil person. And so this is what an evil villain looks like in communications. Like, okay. this is badass. I'm um, still... Um like stuck on the what is this rock and i think i'm coming around to it being like what you said maybe graphite maybe uranium mm-hmm. that is some sort of way alchemy up and into this platform and it oh yeah makes this this whole altar type thing the 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 rock is raised and i don't know if the i mean I get mm, there wouldn't it be is. there wouldn't be a catwalk like this in the middle of the smokestack, right? No, there wouldn't. There's the bottom of the smokestack right there with the beams that cross to allow the air. No, maybe there is. There probably is a catwalk. I don't. I don't know. Something, I don't know smokestack. I've never been inside. <laughs> I've only. But seen, I will tell you, there is the mother box in here. So yes. it is alchemy. So it is alchemy. So maybe this. I'm coming around to thinking that this that this communication stone is like my guess. My best guess is. The graphite tips, baby. Yeah, let me call my boy Dotlove and come over here and tell you about the graphite tips. And it's just like culminating into into just the structure, and it has that decay, uh, you know, as it's as it's burning and the communication and whatnot. Um, and hell, maybe maybe this is just incredibly super radiated. Maybe this rock is just mm-hmm. like the worst freaking thing that you can that you can see it's got to be this has to be graphite yeah <laughs> i got legossive on speed dial right now get on there baby get on i've got i got i've got scars guard on that phone that he broke mm-hmm. i fixed um, it yeah he fixed it they got him a new one mm-hmm. um the other thing i wanted to talk about uh should we get into who Desaad is do you want to talk about him real quick i feel like if people a lot of people don't know him and now's the time to know him. This is like the Volko thing, but it's mm-hmm. like just, you know, Volko was, you know, advisor to Aquaman. Here's the evil advisor. You know, you got your Desaad here. And I know a lot of people are like, who is this guy? Yeah, I got a lot of text when it, it came out on, on HBO. And like I said, I think I said in previous episodes, there were people that I don't even text often that it's just like, hey, they know I like comic books. They text me. I'm watching this freaking four hour movie. Who's this Desaad guy? Um, cause there is the, the great confusion that one could have of who's Desaad versus Darkseid, you know? Hell, they, they based an entire movie in 2017 and tried to cut up one because there's probably that question that lingered on these people's minds. You're going to have at least three different bad guys show up right now. People can't keep track. Okay. Maybe. Oh, wow. So hard. Maybe. So difficult. Yeah. So difficult. But when you're making a comic book movie catering not catering but making a comic book movie and the majority of the people that are seeing your movie are the fans that know the things that when you tease things like this in trailers 
they will know and see, oh, snap, we're going to have Desaad. I know who Desaad is. Forget the fact that the cartoons have been showing these guys for the past 20 years or so, you know? It's, the audience gets it, they understood. Um, that being said, I did get texts of who this guy is. But that, yeah. was, that was the extent of it. They weren't like, turn it off. I don't get it. No, it was anything. It's it's proof of if they weren't texting. Yeah, if they weren't texting me, would they have gone to Google and just typed in Desaad and been like, "Who's this guy?" Who wouldn't know how to spell it? <laughs> Did they spell it correctly? In the subtitles, yes. There's two A's. Oh, pretty, I'm pretty, well, yeah, I'm pretty of course. Certain. But I didn't know if they. I guess I would help them learn um, how to spell it because most maybe. people are watching things with subtitles. Maybe let me let me run back. Let me see if I can find a text. Honestly, <laughs> that'd I'm, be a funny I'm way curious. to think about it. I'm very. Oh, who's Desaad? Uh, um Desaad also but, does like you know it we talk about this a lot but you have like your 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 dual villains and you know you have your emperor palpatine and you have your darth vader and Desaad and dark side kind of do the opposite thing where, where darth vader dark side is the actual alpha villain whereas um Desaad is just a mere advisor kind of you know snake type of villain he which is nice right. He did spell it right. He there spelled you go. it right with the inflection or with the with the proper capitalization as well. Oh, look at him. I know. Look right? at him That's go. That's awesome. So but I mean this is coming from a guy who I know would probably have the subtitles on. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So, I get it. Okay. Um no. But yeah, it's pretty cool. So sticking to Game of Thrones and stuff like that, if that maybe makes things easier to people, uh who would Desaad fit in best in that kind of sense? Uh, best being a very loose word because there's multiple different houses and things like that but who would you best fit this role of Desaad to Lan- the tier- to the Lannister guy whatever his name was you're asking me I mean it would be more so if anything it'd be kind of like a mix between Varys and um, Littlefinger uh, oof yeah Littlefinger's a good one I was also thinking of uh uh what was that bastard child of uh Bruce Bolton, Ramsey Bolton. You know, kinda like one of those but I was gonna say it was a mix between Varys and, and, and Ramsey Bolton because this guy is uh is pure evil and he's a dark magician. You know, it's better if if you go the uh the Lord of the Rings route. Yes. And you go over to that uh, Rohan. Mm-hmm. And you got uh, that. You got that little worm tongue guy. Old Grimma, baby. Yeah. So that's that's probably an apt comparison. Um, and then, of course, maybe Snoke. If you want to go into a Star Wars thing, although my idea of who Snoke is is totally out the window. I don't even know if any of that makes sense anymore. No, no, no. no I don't no, know. No. That doesn't fit. That doesn't fit at all. You're gonna get yeah. yelled at for that one, buddy. I, you're gonna get yelled at by Star Wars fans, regardless. Mm-hmm. They can't make sense of their own stuff. I know, over right? here, you know, we get nine movies trying to figure it out, yo. Yeah, uh, I'm just in it for the ride, baby. They got cool action figures. What's the What's the guy from? What is the Children of Thanos? What is the? You know, you got Proxima Midnight. Uh, Ebony Maw. Ebony Maw is the other guy. He's the. I guess he would be the mirror of He's this. He's definitely Desaad. Yeah. Yeah, he's the Desaad. Mm-hmm. and right? a lot of people yeah. liked him. Ebony Maul, yeah. I didn't. I'm. Wasn't I'm, that I, uh, that was the old, that was Bill Weasley, wasn't it? Was it? I'm uh, yeah, pretty it sure. was. I'm pretty yeah. sure. Yeah, I really like Proxima Midnight. Did I? I I thought she got served the underhand 
in in that movie but you know ebony maw got his got his time in people really seem to like him um Desaad, though pretty cool pretty cool guy especially in the animated features in the books uh Desaad does a lot of creepy things he creates the parademons i don't think they elaborate on that in this movie but uh he is the one architect architecting all this i don't know the word archetyping <laughs> is that the f- term what is it what's the terminology here for when one is making doing up words architecture? right now yeah designing there if you, you will there you go um uh yeah but what was i just thinking of hang on i was thinking of something uh i can't remember it it's fine we're all uh firing on all cylinders here mm-hmm. aren't we <laughs> yeah 100 yeah. percent. this is still one another thing that i wanted to point out with this minute particularly this is one of the best this and and you know the 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 remaining minutes of this week we get some really good space knight uh steppenwolf like oh yeah it is 100 percent. this is a space knight this is a this is a arthurian mythology tale of monsters and swords and demons and and all the and and whatnot, you know. And this is this is the big old bad guy in his crazy shiny spiky armor. And they make and it I chrome. It, it's like two thousand, you know. They may, they do a good job of of detailing their background without having an anime flashback of being like, look at how good he was, and like look at his downfall, and like sympathize with him, sympathize with him now. We need you to sympathize with him. Are you sympathizing? This is like, we're still in the present. We're only going to be referencing your past within the present. We're not going to flash back. We're not going to make you feel like, oh, look at young Steppy, so spry, so full of power. And it's going to be like, no, he screwed up a long time ago. And his boys hate him. And they're still going to hate him. And they're punishing him. And they're spitting on him. You know, they're going to laugh at him all day. And we're just going to live through it and be like, oh, poor you. You really fucked up back then. Yeah. Speaking um, of, um, the 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 verbiage that Desaad uses when he is now addressing Steppenwolf. Um, by the way, great voice for Steppenwolf. That's amazing. Um, mm-hmm. Amazing, amazing, amazing. Uh, when he says the phrase, "Have you begun the conquest?" that he, you know, brings up the question of, "Have you begin the begun the conquest?" What in your mind were you possibly thinking? I mean, obviously, fans knowing, like, okay, yes, we get it. He's after the mother boxes. Mm-hmm. Did you think that there was anything bigger than that? And my question with that is, how long has Steppenwolf been away? He's been exiled for a long time. Has he not communicated with Desaad for years, hundreds of years or so? Has he already taken over planets, or was this the first stop? He's like, hey, did you, get, did you make it home? Did you, make, did you make it there safe? All right, cool. Calling and checking in. I think, no, I will. The, the first time they're communicating with this world, but they communicate, I'm sure he's communicated. So is the conquest the just one world? Just this world. Just the one world. Okay. Yeah, just this one. Because he owes, spoiler alert, he owes. Like fifty thousand more worlds. Yes, I did, I didn't know if the have you begun the conquest was like have you started the search for fifty thousand and you're just now at one. Great <laughs> job, dude. Nah, like I, sleeping, I bro. There's a good there's a good piece of information later on in the movie that kind of details that part out. 
But in this regard, he says, have you begun the conquest of this particular world? Um, and you said that there were three mother boxes here, the three mother boxes, because I think they only have three mother boxes in mm-hmm. totality. Yeah. So um, I, I also keep forgetting that he did talk to Steppenwolf once before this. And it was like, hey, I made it. I'm safe. I'm here, baby. We got. Yeah, we got one mother box. The other two were I can sniff. I can sniff them. Oh, yes. Smell you that a mile is correct. Away. So again, have you begun the conquest? Yeah. Now it's. Yeah. Assuring and the, that it's just the one planet. Voiced by Peter Guinness, Desaad here. So, and they all three of them did um, performance capture. So you have Kieran Hines and Peter Guinness here uh, performing their their characters a little I'm bit. Pretty sure. No, it was the guy that did Tarkin. I was like, I'm pretty sure that I saw. Is that the same guy who did who's, Peter Guinness? There's Peter Guinness. This one, and then there's is Peter Guinness all. Uh no, that's um. No, you're thinking of Alec Guinness. <laughs> no, I don't no, know. I'm thinking of Alec Guinness, but um, I was watching. What was I watching? Master and Commander, and somebody was in. Um, hang was on. Peter? Oh, was there a Guinness in in Master and Commander? You get the names confused. <laughs> they were drinking Guinness in Master and Commander. <laughs> yeah, were they now? <laughs> yeah. No, I'm trying to think. Hang on, give me two seconds here. Um, oh yeah, take all the time you need. Oh, boy. That's more than two seconds, my boy. I know. I was trying to figure it out, but now it's now it's just taking too long, and uh, I can't find it too too much. But there was a gentleman that was in Master and Commander, and he had the very distinctive voice, and I'm pretty sure it was the guy that played, uh, that does the new Tarkin. Oh. Um, so it was that, that guy, but now I'm trying to figure out. If Peter Guinness voices Tarkin in yeah, I the animated show was. Tarkin. Yeah, I see what you're saying. I'm, I'm anim- picking not up the animated show. He was he was the, he was CGI Tarkin from Rogue One. Oh, why don't I just use the same person? Got the same voice. Um, I'm not. I don't work for Lucasfilm, so I can't come up with these ideas. You know, Kathleen I, Kennedy, yeah, I, you call me up uh, anytime. Hang on, let me see this real quick. Let me let me just <laughs> let me take a gander at this. I'm just trying to look now. People love this. They love this shit. Um, what do people love? I think it was Guy Henry. Okay. Well, that's not Peter Guinness. No, that's not Peter Guinness. So maybe it was the Guy Henry uh, uh, dude was in uh, Master and Commander. I thought it was oh. this man. There was, there was something about when I heard Desaad's voice, I was like, I know that guy's voice, you know? Um, oh, I see what you're saying. But, uh, yeah. but what, was, what, is, what is Peter Guinness? I think he's in a Pirates movie. In uh, it, a Pirates movie? As in like Cutthroat Island? Or are you talking about... Uh, it's Pirates the, of the Caribbean. The Disney one. <laughs> the Disney yeah. ones. He was, uh, no, uh, Skarsgård was in, his, was in Dead, Dead Man's Tale. He was um, Bootstrap Bill. He, that he was. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> Peter Ginn is known uh, for uh, his Alien. Alien. Yes. Uh, the, thir- the third one. The third one. Yep. Yep, yep, yep. He's in that Pennyworth show about Alfred. It was Chernobyl. Oh, is he in it Chernobyl? Was Chernobyl? And I remember. So we should get him in here. Forget Lagasa. Forget yeah. you know Bootstrap Bill. Forget Diatla. Yeah. We should have got you know Peter Guinness in here. Mm-hmm. I mean, he knew what he was doing. He was he was uh, nuclear smokestack. I got it, baby. Been there or something. They he's in a Watership Down movie. No, the new, the TV new one miniseries. One? Huh? There's a new one. There's a Netflix one. That's that came out like two years ago or something like that. 
discomforting to know. I know, right? They've it's got like, a hey, CGI you gotta, Now, are they still strip- showing it in schools? That's the thing. Or are they showing the Netflix? They can't be. It's dark. But Oh, he was in uh, King Arthur Legend of the Sword. All right. That's cool. That's pretty great. That's, hey, full, cir- full circle. The guy knows, yeah. you know, knights and swords. He was in a Merlin TV series. There we go. Another Even one. Better. Let's keep it going. We got any more Arthurian things in here? Peter Guinness, you got anything else you want? You want uh, Jack and the Beanstalk? Is that is that um, Arthurian? Is that anything? <laughs> I don't know if that's anything. Um, I don't no, know if that's, that's anything. Uh, but yeah, that's uh, it was pretty pretty rad seeing all this this the communication stone is really the the coolest Shakespeare, thing. Shakespeare, all this, the animated tales, nineteen ninety two. Zorro, not King Arthur, but you know, superheroes. Still fits. Still fits. Um, anything else? By the sword divided. I don't know what that is, but that sounds like something Arthurian because there's a sword involved. It looks like the three musketeers. And I think we're done with that for today. Yeah. Oh, the Legend of King Arthur, TV series, nineteen seventy nine. Perfect. Last one to go out on. We did it. Thank you, Peter Guinness, for mm-hmm. adorning us with your record. Anyways. Uh, last thing I wanted to talk about before we wrap up today, the parademons themselves, boy, do they look creepy. Yeah. And we see both of them here. We see the soldier ones and we see the seeker ones that we talked about before. Uh, the seeker ones are taller and in my opinion, scarier. Like they look like they're more parademons. Yeah. These, uh, look like, the parademons that we talked about, like, oh, maybe these ones are from Apocalypse. Maybe the human ones are are bred from humans, kind of like the xenomorph kind of anatomy. But man, these secret parademons are wild. These are cool. These are crazy looking. They almost look like the Death Troopers from Rogue One. Yeah, They seem like they're a step above. They seem like they're more... Uh, of a higher faction. Um, and there's something about seeing them actually here side by side. This is something I never really noticed before is seeing the different types of parademons like mm-hmm. side by side. And all the red eyes and everything. Very creepy. Very monsters in the dark. Yeah. And when you compare them with the other ones, the other ones, they look lesser. They look almost like they're part of Steppenwolf's like clan almost like they look aesthetically like they belong to Steppenwolf. Whereas the seeker parademons, they have wings all the time. The, the soldier ones, they do have wings, but they're, they're stuck underneath. It's almost like it's part of their armor. These are insectoid. These are, strange creatures and i really like them i want an action figure of one of these parademons that's a cool thing to have man do they look amazing this is a really good minute if anyone wants to see the difference of the two parademons go to this minute right here and just look at these two different parademons look at that one that one right at the end standing there like just to the right of Desad, or just to the left if you're looking at it you know Stage right. But anyways, it, uh, it's a really cool design. I really do enjoy the, enjoy the way that these guys look. This looks like concept art. This is what it's like 
that's that's a Zack Snyder movie. Just it's see his what army, those things baby. Look like. Yeah. Wow. And then you got them all hanging on the wall and hanging on the the radiation in the back and just being real. This is what this is what I thought of when I thought about the parademons. Like that's what that's what they are to me. Um, I think it'd be really cool to do like a side story of Apocalypse and like just give me a, a squad of four parademons, like a Republic Commando, but it's just parademons. And let me see their let me see what they have to do, their their conquests. Because um, I the think shock that'd be really trooper cool. Parademons. Yeah, shock trooper parademons. Let me get four of them in a group. All different types. You got your insect one. You got your soldier type. You know, get crazy with it. Let me see what they got to do. Work for, they got to go in communication with Decide, get the next intel, find things, fight maybe a couple lanterns so you have, any, you know, heroes that you can kill off. You know, real interesting stuff. Um, but yeah, this is this is a really good, this is, I don't know. I just fall in love with stuff like this. I can't help it. This is good stuff to me. It's great stuff. Uh, yeah. Um, I, that's all I have, Nate. So if you want to go ahead and wrap up, Nate, uh, yeah. we can go ahead and wrap up. If you guys enjoyed everything you heard, you can find us on all social media at DCEU Minutes and the Facebook group, the DC Cinematic Minute Listener Society, where you can catch up on the minutes that we've been talking about and let us know what you think. And we'll catch you guys tomorrow for minutes number 58 of Zack Snyder's Justice League.